I really went downhill after the World Trade Center. You know, Quasimodo predicted all this. Who did what? All these problems, the Middle East, the end of the world. Nostradamus. Quasimodo's the hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, right. Nostradamus. Nostradamus and Notre Dame. It's two different things completely. It's interesting, though, to be so similar, isn't it? Then I always thought, okay, hunchback in Notre Dame. You also got your quarterback and your halfback in Notre Dame. One's a fucking cathedral. Obviously, I know. I'm just saying. It's interesting, the coincidence. What? You're going to tell me you never pondered that? The back thing with Notre Dame? No. Me neither, but wow, when we're at these end times, we like to look to the past. We like to think that someone foresaw this coming, and not to place this in the here and now, but we're all quarantined in our homes. We finished The Sopranos. All we can do is look back, watch it again, and learn from The Sopranos. My name is Jim Scampoli. I've seen every single episode of The Sopranos. My name is Jacob Burrows. I've seen every single episode of The Sopranos. Still feels really special <laughs> saying that. And what a great time for a Sopranos rewatch. That's my only commentary on the current climate. It's been said before and it'll be said again. What a great time for a Sopranos rewatch. What we're doing this week is looking back at the whole series and sort of summing up some thoughts. And we're also going to be hearing from a lot of you listeners who have sent your thoughts in. Um, you can, of course, send thoughts even after this. Because we're going to do episodes. Uh, yes. Probably not regularly. But there's obviously The Many Saints of Newark coming out. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be great. And we all, I, I also wanted to thank anyone who... Uh, tuned in to listen to our uh, sort of history coverage there that we did of the Irishman, sort of the crossover episode. Uh, if you found that interesting, there's more of that at showswhatyouknow.com. Just click Real History there. We talk about Gladiator and all the historical context of a bunch of different films, like 300 and all sorts. Uh, but the Irishman sort of led us nicely into The Sopranos, so I thought that was a good in-between episode. Before we got to this wrap-up here, and yeah, it really is time to, to wrap the bag on this one, eh, Jim? Yes, yes, and I also want to point out, like, when I say in these times, I don't. I mean, depending on when you're listening to this, obviously, uh, you, you could be well on the other side of this thing. But I mean, right now we're quarantined in our homes. Like the timing of us finishing our rewatch is so perfect in many respects. Not just mm -hmm. the fact that like we have this pandemic going on, but. We have a glutton of Sopranos rewatch podcasts starting. <laughs> also, podcasts that have the people that were on the fucking show. Thank God we finished, and we have our you know we have our little body of work. We have our hook of someone like you, Jacob, that was going along for the ride for the first time. So we're not really competing with fucking Michael Imperioli. And Steve Sharippa, who are, uh, you know, uh, re-watching the show. That's right. Christopher Moltisante and Bobby Bacala themselves. Also, Adriana, if you'd heard on her feed. Dre De Mateo's also doing a rewatch. Thank fucking God. I feel like we're the head of the curve. I mean, we weren't quite at the head of the curve of something like some of the other earlier podcasts. <laughs> but thank God. That's all I can say. Like, our timing was just so perfect. We finished it. We, let, we got to, you know, let that simmer for a bit. Now we can still check in. We can still talk Sopranos, but we completed the rewatch portion. Yeah, uh, we were ahead of the curve. Now it's time to flatten the curve. Um, <laughs> yeah. As we talk about uh, the Sopranos, it's it's so true uh, because we couldn't even have started Cut to Black if 
you know, this uh, Christopher and Bobby show was starting at the same time or happening at all even and made made women made women as well. Yes. Uh, that we featured last week. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's it's really great timing on our end. I say thank you, everyone who's come along for the ride. And I mean, I we're going to have more stuff on this feed, but like. I, I would welcome any suggestions on what shows to do next, but I would do so tentatively because even though we've been doing Cut to Black, it's always been part of the bigger shows what you know thing. Like we, we talk about it all the time. I don't know if you, dear listener, have had a chance to check out the other stuff on the network, but like right now we're talking about Westworld, you know, something current that's coming out at the moment, season three. Uh, but like we're always jumping on different shows that we're interested in discussing and the sopranos is such a great and huge piece of film history that i know we're definitely going to speak a lot in like exaggerated phrases here i think because we're we just did a, a watch through of the whole show but i do feel like it's a bit of uh, a piece of tv history that we've done and i would like to do other pieces of television history as well but we are also like monitoring in real time for anything that's happening in the world of tv and we've done so for several years so there's a lot of shows covered at showswhatyouknow.com but if you have a suggestion uh i would uh, very much appreciate it either in a review uh which yes though you can still leave a review would much be much appreciated or send it to us at showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com uh we had a new review here from tmj35 who said there's only one thing left to say that's the title of the review, and the body of the review is best podcast ever. Katsana Malanga. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, but and g- going back to what you were saying, though, um, doing this Sopranos rewatch has kind of really, well, just in general, in general, my life of like watching TV and being a TV fan and wanting to watch TV. Uh, never mind the podcast side. The podcast side I'll get to in a minute. But just in my life of watching TV, doing the Sopranos rewatch, and I think we've talked a little bit about this off mic, it's tainted watching other shows. And I'm sure a lot of these Sopranos fans that listen to our podcast can relate. It's hard not to be like, ah, there's this new show everyone's talking about. Man, maybe I'll just watch the Sopranos, though. Or maybe, <laughs> you know, I don't really want to watch yeah. it. But it also on the podcast side of things, it's turned me off a bit. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I, we just did a, a Westworld discussion. I did enjoy the discussion. And much like most of our podcasts, it makes me appreciate what I watched a bit more. But I don't know. It's made me want to lean more towards shows that are done and be like, all right, what, el- what other shows done? And we can just go and yeah. discuss that for a bit. Uh, so it's hard to say. But, I, you know, I still like to keep up with what's going on, some of the new things. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a great experience having a show that's like, all right, well, here's all this, the, the show. Now just go and watch yeah. it and talk about it. Although it's a little tougher with some of the new ones, but you also want to stay ahead of the curve. So I'm in quite a quandary, uh, quandary if you will. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, I guess, I mean, having come from not having seen any of it at all and watched all of it and discussed it, obviously, at length, uh i i see where everyone's coming from that's like uh just who just rewatched the sopranos over and over like i get it uh <laughs> and it, it and i can definitely sense what you're saying as well like because of the discussions we've had you sort of get into how this show respects its audience more by not respecting it yes. if that makes sense at all yeah. like by going like nah this story's like it feels always like it goes like nah it's just gonna be its own like it's we're telling this story 
and ratings be damned or whatever. I'm sure that's not totally true in execution, but it just feels like, nah, we're, we're not going to do what's expected. And that doesn't mean a big twist. That means not doing a big, big twist. And and we've talked about this uh, at length as well. But but yeah, it, it, it's just something that I can't recall seeing in other shows. We always draw the parallel to Breaking Bad of like, Breaking Bad is a great show, but it plays by the rules. And the Sopranos was like looking at the rules of television at the time and going, nah, we're we're not we're not interested in doing that. We're gonna do something great instead. <laughs> yeah, and and not to pick I don't want to get too into this and I don't want to pick on Better Call Saul too much, but coming off of like finishing Sopranos and then getting back into Better Call Saul, which is a great show. Better Call Saul is a, Better Call Saul is a great show, but it's such a um different take coming out of like being in a Sopranos mode and and in addition to it also being a prequel which already has its own baggage because yeah. you're spending a lot of time like explaining things that don't need explanation and Sopranos is so much about being like who gives a fuck like and then but Better Call Saul is being like well you remember this guy this is how he got his name or you remember this you know this was actually this five years before and it's tough to get back into that mode sometimes and not be like a little bit annoyed. And I can't blame the show. It's just it, it, even going back to when we discussed the El Camino movie, the Better Call Saul mm. sequel, uh, the Better Call Saul, the Breaking Bad like epilogue or sequel, whatever you want to call it, because that universe is full of very intelligent um, criminals, like very intelligent, uh, disciplined criminals that could work a day job and also run this criminal empire and sopranos is very much like these are dumb assholes that are very bad people but they they don't they're hypocritical and um messy and things happen to work out for them so it's a weird you know it's it's hard to go back and forth to that when you're watching one yeah. thing and getting into another. And again, I'm not trying to pick on those things because Vince Gilligan, I love Vince Gilligan and all the people he works with. They're super talented. They make great stuff. They make amazing TV. It's just getting in that mindset sometimes uh, is tough because, you know, David Chase is his own flavor and it kind of clashes a bit, even though they're dealing in similar like anti-heroes and bad people and, cr and crime drama and stuff like that. So it's kind of like an interesting back and forth that happens if you're trying to watch one thing and then switch gears a little bit. Yeah. And even if it doesn't seem like it, Breaking Bad is in part like it's evil geniuses going head to head. And that's like super exciting. But it's also like, like you said, these disciplined criminals are like, I do my job and I follow a code. And it has that feel as we've talked about in our discussions of Breaking Bad and, and, uh, and of course, uh, Better Call Saul, it has the feel of a Western where yes. some people are just like, I'm the guy who follows the rules, but like the rules of crime in this case, <laughs> you know? Uh, whereas in The Sopranos, the thing is more, as you said, like, nah, they're going to be like a piece of shit about it and they're probably going to do this crime and they're, they're probably going to fuck it up. They're probably going to do it real publicly, but they're going to get away with it because they're just going to threaten the witnesses and maybe kill one of them. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like, nah, the world's a bad place and it doesn't matter. Like, they're, they're going to win anyway, but then they're going to die and I don't know. It's like, and I say it in that voice, but I obviously like it. I think 
one of the big questions for the Sopranos prequel, The Many Saints, is going to be, is it going to be similar to El Camino? Um, because the thing in our discussion of El Camino, which you can find at showswhichyouknow.com, I think is that we're describing it as a... Um, uh, it sort of doesn't add much. It's sort of like a nice little epilogue, I felt anyway, but it's it doesn't work as its own separate thing. And I wonder if Many Saints is going to fall into some of the traps that we see in pretty much every prequel ever made. Yeah. Uh, that you just kind of go like, what? What's your name? Oh, you're ha, you're such a joker. Like, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen Joker, but that's pretty That's pretty much what I assume happens. Uh, or, I don't know. You know. Is it going to work or No. What do you think? I mean, not that we can say in advance, but it's like it's it's always scary when something is brought back that is pretty much perfect, isn't it? Yeah, it's very scary, especially it being a prequel, because prequels in general like really suffer from things like if we're going to have the origin of Polly Walnuts, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be mad if they do that. (laughs) It's like, what do you got? Walnuts in your pocket? Ah, Polly Walnuts over here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like. That that yeah. gets a little scary. I'm very excited that David Chase is playing back in this universe, but then uh, I still get still get worried uh, because you know it is a movie, so you don't have the uh, the options of a TV show where you get to kind of pl- expand on these characters a bit. But it also so that limits it in a way because it's going to be what two hours or what have you, and then the mm. fact that it is going to be a prequel. And you have to resist that urge to play out little winks. I mean, maybe a yeah. couple here and there. But, I mean, again, this is David Chase. He was never really about that. But I don't know. Maybe maybe movie David Chase is a little different than TV David Chase. Well, I, we'll have to see how that works. Yeah. Uh, and you, it, that's an interesting question as well because uh, my excuse for not knowing this is that I've gone in blind and everything. But, like, what does David Chase been working on since the sopranos it's like i mean we have more of his the only thing i can think of off the top of my head was he did do a movie with gandolfini that was about like kind of loosely based on him himself growing up and like his relationship with his dad and being in bands and stuff like that and like uh, it was i don't know if it was like 60s or or maybe the 50s or 60s or something like that Oh, not the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 60s or 70s. Um, let me see. Because, yeah, that was not Fade Away, I believe. I was trying to see yeah. if he write anything else in between there. Yeah, I was looking at it now as well. And, I mean, he, he has a uh, an impeccable television pedigree going back to, well, the 70s. Um, but we've, like, is our next podcast going to be on Northern Exposure? Is that what's going to happen? Because we don't have that much uh, David Chase stuff after The Sopranos. Uh, like, the one thing on here is in television, he did a voice on Bojack Horseman. That's like 10 years after The Sopranos finished, he did that. <laughs> so there's a lot before then, but not much after. I just brought that up because I'm like, I don't want to be pessimistic. But usually someone who makes something perfect... Uh, when they come back, especially if it's years and years later, I don't know. It's usually not perfect. And again, I don't want to get anyone's hopes down or whatever, but I think maybe going into something with uh, lowered expectations is a good thing generally. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to watch Not Fade Away. I do remember watching it years and years ago. It didn't make that much of an impression on me, but um, I don't remember a ton of it, but I'd be interested in revisiting it um, just to see how it plays now. Uh, yeah. so yeah, but yeah, looking at it, he hasn't done a lot and it is, 
it's weird that yeah he did this one movie i don't think it was received that well and then he yeah, didn't do a lot didn't do anything else and now he's going back to the sopranos <laughs> it's like all right <laughs> here we go <laughs> yeah um so that will be really interesting but for now we're still talking about uh standard sopranos and we have a lot of feedback to get to so i was going to get in some uh listener emails here unless you had anything else to add before then um now, yeah, let's get into some uh, I mean, li- listener emails. I'm sure our discussion will weave naturally around these points as as ever. So <laughs> yeah. uh, lots of people got in touch after our finale. It's really nice to hear from uh, the silent majority of listeners because, you know, we can we can tell there's people listening, obviously, and some of you get in touch, some of you leave reviews, but there was just kind of a flood of emails, so we might not get to all of them, but thank you, everyone who wrote in. Uh, this is from Age in Telford. England. Um, hi guys. Day one listener. Been a fantastic ride. Love every pod you've done. And despite some grumblings from others, okay. I say Jacob is all right. All right. I didn't read this ahead of time. <laughs> I say Jacob is all right, despite potentially calling me stupid for thinking Tony and Renata had Renata killed somehow. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that now after my eighth run through watching Ha. Uh, after Kennedy and Heidi, I noticed a link between Chris and Adriana. I may be reaching, but those two's demise ultimately come after car crashes with Tony. First, Aiden and Tony avoid the deer uh, going for coke. Uh, that convinced Chris that Tony was banging her, resulting in it making it easier for Chris to dispose of her once she came clean about Danielle. Then Chris's end uh, came swerving. Uh, Kennedy and Heidi... Uh, Came swerving Kennedy and Heidi again after giving Tony a lift. I don't know if I read that sentence weird, but... Uh, uh, yeah, it's a little both died, worded weird. Yeah, both died from a flawed drug problem slash connection. Both killed on Tony's dime. Perhaps a metaphor is in there somewhere as life is one big road going forward. Can't go back. Roads ahead, etc. Plus a few of Tony's dream sequences involve driving on, on open roads. Uh, forgive me if the link is tenuous, but... Uh, I think it's the best I can come up with as an excuse to email you guys and thank you for the great listening along the way talking about the greatest TV show ever made. Finally, and most importantly, I'd like to say, cut to black, don't stop believing. Uh, and that's from H, if that is how you say your name. Well, let me, let me be clear. You don't need an excuse to email us, to thank us. You could just, you could do that. You could just say, thanks, yep. great show, and we'll love it, <laughs> and we'll cherish it. I promise you that. Um I mean, I think, yeah, obviously the, the, the long and winding road, I think that works as a metaphor, especially when you're doing dreams and Sopranos loves that. Uh, the, the Adriana and Tony avoiding the deer and all that, I think that's a little bit spaced out from the death, but you're right. It does plant, you know, not maybe not initial seeds, but it does you know, separate Tony and Christopher quite a bit there. And as Christopher points out at the end of that episode, where basically at the end it doesn't even matter if he did have sex with her. It's just the fact that, you know, it could have happened and that people believe it happened and he has to just deal with it. Um, mm. And, I mean, I love that Kennedy and Heidi. Uh, just bringing up Kennedy and Heidi makes me smile because I think of the Soprano Session book when they're talking about how it's the two most important characters in the whole series <laughs> and how that made Jacob very annoyed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, I like the I like the thought. I didn't even think it myself. Uh, but it, it just the fact, excuse me, just the fact that they're both in cars with Tony 
shortly before they die. Uh, it's uh, it's a, just a nice link up for me uh, in my brain. Uh, better than the eggs, I'll say. Better than the eggs. Ooh, um, but ah, oh, come on, you can't put down the eggs. I'll put them right down and I'll crack them. <laughs> Nothing bad will happen to me afterwards. Um, this is from Barbara. Uh, the Sopranos and Mad Men are my two favorite shows of all time. I've really enjoyed listening to your Sopranos podcast for the past two years. I had watched the show when it originally aired, and I enjoyed rewatching it with your podcast. Um, as you know, Matthew Weiner got his start on The Sopranos before Mad Men, and there are many similarities between the two shows. They linked us an article that compares Tony Soprano's, uh, Tony Soprano to Don Draper. Um, anyway, I really liked, uh, enjoyed your podcast, and would love to continue with an equally excellent show. Thanks for making my ride, uh, ride to work enjoyable every week. And then she added in a PS here on um, some symbolism in the finale. The barber scissors that yes. Ollie received <laughs> yes. has been compared to the 30 pieces of, of silver that Judas received for betraying Jesus, inferring that Polly has betrayed Tony. What's your take, Jim? Well, like I said, when we discussed the finale, I think there's enough lingering shots and uh, Polly reactions where... I don't personally believe it. I'm I'm on your side here with this, but I think there's enough there that I couldn't poo-poo someone for yeah. uh, reading into Polly's character and suspecting him a little bit more, especially if you're like us and you do fully believe that Tony Soprano dies at the end and you're looking for more of a reasoning behind that, which I think we kind of decided that it doesn't really matter who killed him. It's just the fact yeah. that he, get, he does die. Uh, but I think if you're looking for more of a blame or a through line to come to that um, ending, I think there's enough there where I couldn't sit and shit on it. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's not a crazy theory. I mean, given everything going like Tony almost killed Polly, the <laughs> fact that Polly might like I, 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 there's no way he would do it himself, in my opinion. Yeah. But like he might step aside if someone else is going to kill Tony. You know, I wouldn't put that past him necessarily. Um, and like you said, we put we put Tony on the board. Like, we believe that Tony's fully dead. So if you think that, you might have a good time trying to piece together how it actually came to be. Uh, and like you said, our, our conclusion was it doesn't really matter um, to us. But if someone wants to do that, and if the, <clears throat> some signs point to Polly, that's fine. I still think Barbara Scissors, I don't know, uh, the... I don't think that they would have compared, like, that. I don't think that's intentional. I think that read can be there, and I think David Chase would say, hey, whatever you want to think, whatever, but I don't think that would have been intentional from his side, but then, again, it doesn't really matter. Whatever you get out of it, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, I, I'm warming up more and more to the idea of a potential Mad Men rewatch. I know Jacob's main uh, kind of pushback on that and i do agree with them mostly is that we'd kind of be looking more for a similar vibe to what we had with the sopranos where maybe it's a show one of us hasn't seen because that kind of is a funner angle to work with yeah. but i guess i'd be more so because i'm thinking personally like i'd be interested to go back to rewatch mad men now in a similar fashion as sopranos because i've I think I even stated it on the show. I always looked at M Mad Men as very similar to some of the back half seasons of Sopranos, and you could totally see whether it be that Matthew Weiner affected David Chase a bit more, or David Chase affected Matthew Weiner and kind of set him on his path to do Mad Men type deal. 
but I think I think there's a there's a strong link there for the way like uh, they play with like existential dread and stuff like that. And mm. I did only watch that show as it aired. And that was another one that had similar breaks where then I was coming back in a little bit cloudy on what happened before. Again, not that it's super plot driven where you need to have this. Oh, yeah, this is season one. This is season two. But it would be interesting to go back and kind of be able to watch it in one sitting like that. And maybe I, I think it's clearly a show that is uh, ripe for discussion. But then again, I guess the other side, never mind just the fact of like not we've both seen it. I'm sure there are probably a ton of Mad Men podcasts. But then again, that's we could probably say that about any TV show. So either way. Well, we haven't got the stars of Mad Men doing their podcast yet, which <laughs> yeah. means it's still time. There's still time for us to do ours because when they do theirs, we're not going to have a chance anymore. They're eventually going to do it. And we just have to hope that we get to finish our Mad Men one before they do that one. Um, generally about Mad Men, I watched all of it. I pretty much binged through it. It was ah, done and man, I watched I, all of it. I didn't see it that um, way. Yeah. So uh, this might be totally different on a rewatch, but... Basically, I like Mad Men a lot. And I, just like you said, I wouldn't even mind rewatching it. Uh, I'd probably prefer to rewatch it uh, more than one episode per week. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't mind rewatching it. But as it stands now, having just seen it once, I don't love it to the level I love The Sopranos. But then I probably wouldn't love The Sopranos if I hadn't discussed it every week. You know, I would, I would still like it a lot, I'm sure. But just talking about it has opened up so much more of what's available in the actual text there. Um, so that's one of my, like, my main hesitation is that we've both seen it. So it's not quite, it's not going to be quite the same. But it's also, I don't, even though we both like it, I don't think either of us likes it as much as we like The Sopranos. Yeah. And it's almost like if there are other podcasts discussing Mad Men, uh, if they are, you know, they, they will probably be the most super fans ever that they're there. It's their actual favorite show, much better than Sopranos. And maybe they have more enthusiasm for it and more to get out of it and to give to the listeners who might also be on that level of uh, fan for it. But that said, I would like to watch it again. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Uh, but if we do a Mad Men podcast, it would definitely be on a different feed than Cut to Black. So again, I would urge you to go to showswhatyouknow.com. Sorry, I'm just going to keep plugging this. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there you'll find any feed we do on that. On this feed, I wanted to mention as well, we may get into other like mafia related stuff uh just because it feels more appropriate and especially like when there's not much happening in the world of the uh, sopranos until the prequel comes out uh like just to float some ideas by you dear listener we were talking about like boardwalk empire and some stuff like that that is actually you know related but uh if you have any suggestions for content our email inbox is still open yeah and i think in some of these emails people did call out boardwalk empire and I mean, it mm. shares a good amount of cast uh, and also people behind the scenes as well. Because what's Terrence Winter, I believe, um, created it, right? I think so. Um, and yeah, like I think we, we've talked a little bit about that. It maybe wouldn't be as episode to episode as we did The Sopranos. But um, I think that's for sure on the board. I think that's something that would fit pretty well. Yeah, and I think like we were doing between the seasons, we were discussing various mob films and mafia films, and yeah, I don't know, and it's and obviously Boardwalk Empire, especially in a similar way to the history episode we did that I do did with uh, with Mark and Michael when we talked about the historical context leading up to The Sopranos. There's st loads of stuff to unpack 
there in Boardwalk Empire and like everything going on and how how did this thing that they're talking about this thing that Tony's coming in at the end of it would be interesting to examine the start of that too Absolutely. Uh, any, anyway here's the next email it's from Francis um, I just listened to the Made in America episode of Cut to Black uh, the two of you do such a good job with the analysis and breakdown you also kept me laughing thank you um, your take on most of the show being just fine if there was a laugh track is spot on. <laughs> uh, like Jim, I've, I've seen the first seasons many more times than I've watched the rest of the series, and I had a nonstop smile on my face those first 10 or so episodes. I remember them so vividly from my first few watches. Um, if I had to make this podcast with Jacob, I could not have kept a straight face as he was trying to make sense and predict <laughs> what the show would finally uh, be at the cut to black. Uh, I was one sad. Uh, I was one of the sad few that held out hope that Tony Soprano was still alive. But now that he is up on the counter, <laughs> I know for sure that he is no longer with us. Uh, <laughs> that's really nice. I have meant to send you a few thoughts uh, on nearly every episode, but I just couldn't get on the, uh, the level many levels of analysis and detail that the two of you bring. I only had a couple of things to say. So, uh, Vito Spadafor, who isn't Vito yet, uh, cuts Chris in line at the pastry shop before Chris shoots the clerk in the foot. I do remember this one, Jim. Yeah. Um, this may have been mentioned, but it gets to me every time on a rewatch. Yeah, no, this is a great moment to go back when there's just stuff like that. It also happens in our second favorite TV show, Gilmore Girls. Yeah. There you go. There's a <laughs> nice. Plug. Good call. <laughs> we got yeah, it in there. Because I do um, remember it. I think we did bring it up in one of the discussions. I didn't bring it up at the time, obviously, because... How yeah. am I supposed to tell you, like, oh, yeah, this guy, or maybe I did do this. I hope I didn't do this, but maybe I did. <laughs> oh, yeah, this guy. I, maybe I did one of those. Well, you'll see this guy again uh, one day. I think day. you may have. I, yeah. I, I vaguely recall something like that. Or maybe it's just because I rewatched it. I definitely watched yeah. it on, like, YouTube or whatever, just the clip. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, what do um, they got more here? So... The next point here is, yeah, uh, I may have somehow missed the recap of this episode, but when the Sacramones are planning Allegra's wedding and they talk about the food, the younger daughter flips out about how uh, all anybody does in that family is talk about food. I certainly thought this deserved a mention because, yes, all anyone talks about in that show is food and mob shit. Uh, that's very true. Um, I don't remember I, I, Allegra saying that, although I'm sure it did. I remember specifically AJ definitely has one of those, or or Meadow is yeah. one of the Sopranos kids. But I'm sure that wasn't the only time that happened. So I I, I just don't remember specifically Allegra uh, saying that. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's the younger daughter, so it's not Allegra. I think it's the one who's maybe oh, like, that's right. Yeah, no, you're yeah. right. Okay, so that does make sense. But the, yeah, that. That is a common thing, and I think that does come up a few times, especially from the children of, like, Jesus Christ. I think even Christopher has one of those moments, too, where he shows up. It's like a dinner with him, Tony, Carmilla, and Aid, and he shows up late, and he's, like, annoyed about something. And he's mm -hmm. like, Jesus, food, food, food. And I remember he pours his wine in his soup, and he storms away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, like, a few nods there about how, like, yeah, this show's all about food, and it's, like... I, I mean, I, as I've come to understand it, big part of Italian American culture, uh, I suppose. Uh, but it is like very interesting to see it in this show 
uh, in a visual medium to see taste and food so represented as a sort of sense of how things come together and how family works and everything because obviously uh, it's, you know, in a visual medium we usually get visuals and sound to do all of the representation and just the fact that there's so much stuff going on with food uh it's not surprising that it you know the show calls it itself out on it a couple of times mm. <laughs> um then we have the next point here when tony is in vegas looking out at the sunrise i always thought he shouted i did it but you all seem fairly certain that he said i win that flips my whole take on the big man from that scene on uh it turns his killing chris into a win for tony my take was that he was making a confession in the only manner he was able to into the void um do you remember I, that one are we sure he said i, I thought we thought he said i get it because i thought that's what he said yeah. i thought he says i get it like like he's he's reached some sort of you know he's on his peyote trip and he's looking off in the distance and he's having this epiphany and he finally kind of understands I, I don't know if he's like the meaning of life or uh but I, I do think we talked about how he's winning now that Chris is dead. Like he's specific, he is specifically like in the casino he, in the previous yeah. episodes, we're seeing him on a downturn, especially with his gambling, but now he's in the casino and he's winning. But I don't remember that. I thought that he said, I win. I thought he said, I get it. Uh, I think you're right. I think he does say, I, I get it. Um, and I watch Sopranos with subtitles because I'm a dirty foreigner. <laughs> so if I said that, uh, I'm pretty sure about it. Because I'm usually the guy who's like, what? What did he say? What? <laughs> and I think that's a combination of probably not having the best hearing in the world and then also being a dirty foreigner. So uh, that's, that's I'm, I'm pretty sure on that one. But yeah, it is, so it. I, I did. It's an interesting take, though. In a way, he is shouting a confession into the void anyway, even if he's not saying that he did it because he has all his inhibitions lowered and everything. Um, anyway, here's the next thing. Uh, also from Francis, the actor who plays Silvio, uh, Stephen Van Zandt, is in an E Street band with Bruce Springsteen. Yes. Oh. Yeah, he's his guitar player or something like that. Um, I think we talked about that, Ooh. but we didn't get into it too I've... much. I'd forgotten about that. Uh, Lily Hammer, of course, another show we need to uh, discuss on this feed. Very much so. Yeah, uh, I everyone go seen watch that. Lily Hammer. We need to talk about it. <laughs> and yeah, because Stevie Van Zant, yeah, he's uh, he's in Bruce Springsteen's band. That's why they'll they'll have. Well, I mean, it's in Jersey anyway, so that's very Jersey. Plus, there's a couple times where they, I think, uh, even Christopher quotes Springsteen lyrics. Um, mm -hmm. Also, I love Stevie Van Zant because well. Stevie Van Zant's wife plays his wife on the show as well. And yeah. they have a uh, Cavalier King Charles Spaniel like I have, uh, Blenheim to be specific. And you see a Cavalier K King Charles Spaniel in one of the episodes of The Sopranos. I don't know if it's the same dog or not. It was 20 years ago. Uh, but yeah, all kinds of great connections to Stevie Van Zant. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and finally, from Francis, I saw your cut to black coming when... I was listening to the revisit of the pilot, and you still got me. Someday I'm going to uh, do a watch and listen side by side to get the full experience. Great work. Did I mention how much I enjoyed listening to the show? That is all. Thank you, Francis. Great email. I appreciate that. And I, I mean, not to get all David um, Chase so, on you or to give yeah. ourselves credit, but like 
there was definitely a time when we were like a few months out and we were like, oh, dude, uh, when we discuss the finale, we'll be like one last thing and then we'll just not say anything. We were very proud of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, <laughs> I think I probably mentioned on the show already, but I got like legit emotional several months ago when I was like, I'm going to say I'm Jake Bros. I've seen every episode of this. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Such a delayed gratification on that. I'm surprised they didn't come immediately. Um, this is from Mikey, who says, Hey, boys, thanks for the shout out a while back. Once again, I've reached the end of another rewatch, and it's great every time. What an ending, and congrats to Jacob on nailing it the first time around. I also truly believe we saw Tony die from his own perspective. They build up the scene in such a way that you come to expect the same camera pattern over and over again, except the last one is black. I think uh, back to AJ and Meadow talking about the Robert Frost poem, I thought death was black, white too. Uh, obviously cut to white would have been a bit too obvious for a guy like Chase. I always thought the cat was actually Adriana. That's why it also stared at Chris. Also, there was this picture of her that seems to be a dead giveaway. Uh, and he links to She's a wearing picture. like a, like a tiger print or I guess like a cat print. Uh, that's just a sexy outfit. Yeah. <laughs> like a super sexy outfit. <laughs> Cause tiger print. Yeah tigers sexy um and then he goes on either way whoever it was the cat was important and the tiger at uh holston's was added for that scene that tiger is not part of the normal background at holston's What's yeah that's holston's? that's the uh, the diner restaurant place they go to at the end um okay. where tony dies uh <laughs> Just saying it now. So there's just, a tiger. Yeah, tiger. I do remember because when he first walks in and we and we have that weird shot where it almost looks like Tony's looking at himself at himself because it cuts from like Tony looking into the restaurant, then it cuts to a wide of him sitting in the diner. But you can make out there is this whole like mural behind him, and I made a joke about it, but people have broken down like because there's like a guy, there's like a football guy holding a football in a football gear. There is a big uh, tiger. Um, face that almost looks like a like a varsity like a team logo. Uh, there's like a yep. library or something like that. There's like all this different stuff like Americana basically on a mural in Holston. So he's pointing out that I guess the tiger is something they specifically added. I mean, if that's true, then I guess yeah, they they are pointing to something there. Yeah, I think the cat and the death connection makes sense. Uh, yeah. Adriana feels a bit more tenuous but then i'm not on my uh a3 watch so <laughs> maybe i don't know if that means i'm coming at this with a more clear head or that i've just not spotted the connections it's i'm i'm, I'm not yet at that point of putting things on my wall and trying to connect them which is what we do when we watch westworld yeah. <laughs> um so another thing about the decor in Holston's is right before the cut to black, if you watch the guy walking towards the restroom, he walks by a picture of a white house, which is somewhat reminiscent of Tony's death dream, where he walked up to a white house in uh, both of them, or his death dreams, he says, so both of them. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, because so does um, he mean, both of them, does he mean that one? I mean, obviously there's the Inn at the Oaks, uh, which is the one that's all lit up in Buscemi's out front and he's trying to take his briefcase and i assume the other one is um such a great shot that's like or sequence that's ingrained in my brain is when tony's in like that old like kind of like field yeah. worker garb and he walks up to the screen door and it's very haunting and you see kind of like an olivia figure 
inside and he gets kind of like creeped out and she's like all in shadow on the staircase that's exactly the scene i imagine when he said tony's two death scenes and it's incidentally the only two dream scenes that i remember (laughs) so yeah uh yeah so that's the one i i imagined as well uh a lot of people have a lot of crazy theories about what happened one that i read a while back i don't buy into but it's interesting when Tony walks into the restaurant, you see him standing. Then you see the quick cut, and he's sitting at the table, dead center. Some people believe that he's already dead here, and every day he has to watch himself get whacked. Didn't we mention this, Jim, or did we talk about it off mic? Because it sounds familiar. Um, well, I mean, it is similar to what he's talking about. Chris has that dream. The, o- the only reference that, that comes to mind is what he brings up here is Chris had the dream that his dad had to watch himself get whacked every day when he had yeah. his near-death experience. But we may have touched on it, I forget. Yeah, and then he also says, also the message uh, from that dream, the one you mentioned, uh, was 3 o'clock, and the shooter, after coming out of the restroom, would be at Tony's 3, that is, to his right. And then, <laughs> and then all right, now for some dumb shit. A lot of people believe Chris was a rat at the end because he was wearing a hat. Same thing they did with Jack Massarone, uh, putting a bug inside his hat. I think the hat is just to close the character story as he also wore a hat when he was driving Tony in the first episode. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I didn't think about that connection, but that makes sense. I thought, um, I don't know, hide his drugged out eyes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think it works for the uh, drugs and the connection of the first episode and people just giving away um, hats to Cleaver. Because was he wearing a Cleaver yeah. hat? I think it must yeah. have been. There were loads of them going around. Yeah. Uh, there's also a theory floating around that the doctor who was at Carmilla's father's birthday party, Russ Fagoli, is Polly's real father? Okay. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> if you remember Polly found out his father was some asshole named Russ <laughs> and they both would have fought in the same war. Uh right, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to pick this one and I'm going to buy into it. That guy seemed like a dick. Uh probably did it. That is Why hilarious. Not? And yeah, I love that like there's nothing there to say it's not true. Like again, you know, I guess someone could come up and be like, "No, that was actually Polly's father." And you're like, "Well, I guess I mean his name's Russ and he was a soldier and he would have fought in the same war." <laughs> yeah. Um, the final scene between Tony and Polly at Satrelli's is sad and a bit creepy because of the darkness uh, of Satrelli's. And some people believe the car you see go by in this scene is a, quote, ghost car, as there doesn't appear to be a driver. I, I would bet that that's just about, like, it takes a little effort to make a car seem like it doesn't have a driver. So it's probably all about how they edit it and cut it together. Uh, he does link it for us here. Do we have the technical capacity to pull that up, Jim? Um, let me see here. Oh, hold on. Sorry. I'll just let me see if I can pull it up. And yeah, I should be able to put it in the YouTube here. Obviously, it's a visual thing anyway. So if you're on the podcast, uh, you're probably not going to get much out of it. I'm watching it myself. It does look pretty empty, but then it does go all blurry because it is moving past the camera. So that's another thing. Just trying to pause it here. Oh, oh, oh! It does look pretty empty. You gotta, gotta agree with that. All right, uh, I got it up. Here we go. Yep. What the fuck are you gonna do? No, you don't want the job. You don't want the job. I can put Patchy in there. Oh, it doesn't look like there's anyone in that car. 
Yeah, but it's also Patchy. very blurry, and there could easily be someone the job. No, there's someone. I can see their face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you look at well, my shot here, I, you can see there's yeah. a face right there. But it's all blurry, Jim, like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it is like a ghost, actually. Yeah. I think, I think we got to debunk this one. Yeah. yeah, I think we got to debunk that one. When I froze it, I mean, yeah, it's just the car zips by, a little motion blur on there. So, I mean, it, it doesn't look like there's someone there. But when you pause it, yeah, unless that's just the back, back, the seat back. Yeah. I can put Patchy in there. Yeah, it's probably a ghost. <laughs> um, so, one last thing. Since you guys love the humor in this show, and this one took a few watches before I caught it, but if you go back to the episode of the Cleaver premiere and how funny it was when Chris chose to thank Tony and didn't say anything to JT, the even funnier moment to me is if you watch right at the end of that scene when he says, enjoy the movie, you can see the director on stage with his notes ready to say his speech just as he's about to take a step up to the mic with a big smile on his face and the theater goes dark and someone walks by and takes the mic off the stage. It's fucking hilarious. I did spot that and it is very, very funny. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, it's a great yeah. moment. It's a great little goof to put in there as, yeah, he's ready to go and then they just completely ignore him and just move everything along like he doesn't exist <laughs> yeah uh and mikey closes out by apologizing for another long email and says that um i agree with jacob you guys should watch Lilyhammer. it's a fun one and i believe it's actually silvio's coma dreams which makes a lot of sense if you watch Lilyhammer. Mm-hmm. um and he also says uh have you considered watching and doing a pod of boardwalk empire which we were just discussing um it wouldn't have to be every episode show, but it was also an incredible show based on history and would be a good filler until Many Saints of Newark come out. Uh, it also has a lot of ex-Soprano stars in it as well. Obviously, Steve, Steve Buscemi and a bunch of other ones listed here as well. So, yes, we have considered that, and we may indeed do that. Yeah. Thank you for your email, Mikey. Absolutely. Uh, I'll move move right along here for, to an email from Mark. It says, hey, Jim and Jacob. Great work bringing down the Sopranos finale. Reluctantly, I have to gr- agree with your take of Tony being whacked at the end. But then again, can, we can never be sure. Uh, I think that it's... Uh, I think it's really what David Chase intended all along. He played that to the maximum effect in the finale in terms of direction and dialogue. But I've also had this parentheses conspiracy and parentheses theory um, that he was hinting at this ambiguity in the episode title itself you see um, you can abbreviate made in america to mia which of course is the combat classification missing in action that term's actually referenced in a previous episode uh the kaisha episode probably during which uh phil laments fat dom being mia it's mafia code for, yeah, we know he's been whacked, but we can't say it. Uh, going even further back to season one, when Pussy is helping Chris dispose of his first kill, um, he explains that while people might suspect what's happened, they'll know, but they don't know. They think, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting a bit carried away here, but it's fun nevertheless. Thanks again for a great podcast, and I look forward to more Soprano-themed shows. Don't stop believing. Um, what do you say to that, Jim? I think that what he's, I, I agree. It's very fun, but it also completely points to him being dead as well. <laughs> like, cause all those examples of them saying MIA, like missing in action and even pussy talking about how, like, you know, they know, but they don't know in those cases, yeah. those people were dead. 
Those people specifically yeah, but it is, were dead. It, uh, it's a good catch, I think, that the MIA, like, it's ambi- ambiguous, but also clear. Like, everyone yes. knows, but they don't know. And that's exactly where we're at with Tony as well. <laughs> For sure. Um, so, an email here from Dan, who wrote, uh, I would like to commend you both on your excellent work on Cut to Black. I thoroughly enjoyed listening each week or so. I admire Jacob's discipline, and I look forward uh, to your next deep dive. Have you considered Boardwalk Empire? The podcast market seems lacking in expert analysis of that great show. Uh, My other suggestion would be another excellent show, Mad Men. Again, thanks for the great work. That's from Dan from Vermont. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Yes, as you've heard, we've thought about it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's another good point. I haven't checked personally, but yeah, it does seem, I guess, not a lot of, maybe not a lot of podcasts on Boardwalk Empire. Because uh, it is it is a really great show, and I, I don't want to say forgotten, but yeah, I don't hear it brought up a lot. Yeah, let me actually Google Boardwalk Empire podcast. Uh, there's a couple, couple, but uh, yeah, their Mad Men is just super inundated with podcasts, which is another reason that like everyone who's like a main fan of Mad Men, you've probably heard it. But again, can probably be said about the Sopranos as well, especially at this point. Um, so this is from Leah, who writes, just listened to your podcast of Made in America. Great listen. Enjoyed your take and your take on the episode. Uh, I'd like to point out something that I haven't heard or read, and I, I'd like your take on it. When the scene at Holston, Holston's uh, begins and Tony walks in, he sees himself sitting there. Okay, I think this is the same... Yeah, this is the same thing we were going into in the other email where uh, they bring up how oh, okay. in season two, episode nine, Christopher is shot and goes to the hospital and he tells them that his dad uh, is in hell and seeing himself get whacked over and over. Uh, and it also brings up the same point here that he says, uh, Mikey says, Tony and Polly, three o'clock. I don't know. I, 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 maybe I'm reading these sentences weird at this point, but the whole point being they mentioned three o'clock a lot, and the guy coming out of the bathroom would be at Tony's three o'clock angle. Um, so, what are your thoughts on this theory? Thanks uh, for your love of Sopranos, as I am a big fan too. So, again, just touching on that same thing, do you actually give it any credence? This theory, I mean, I, especially the fact that I mean, I personally didn't pick on uh, pick up on it obviously uh, immediately, but the fact that people are putting this together i think it all works that shot always kind of i always i wasn't sure if i should just read it as something that's supposed to put me like at an unease but that specific shot of him looking at himself always kind of throws me off when i'm watching it and i guess it i always thought it works really well just to kind of build that anticipation or that suspense that plays out because you know the episode's almost over you know it's the last episode and it's just a weird little thing and then with that and combine with the other edits but yeah. i think i think there's some validity to what these people are talking about uh and it does work and tie in and it's funny because it does seem like that like it's a memorable episode either way the one with three o'clock because i think that's the one when paulie goes to the like the psychic and he like freaks yes. out and throws the chair and all that uh but it does seem like if it wasn't for something something like the russian people would be constantly being like well all right when's three o'clock coming <laughs> what's going up at three o'clock <laughs> i mean especially in this day and age with reddit if the sopranos was airing then people would always be bringing it up uh but no i like it yeah. it's not something that popped out to me but uh i like this take personally i don't believe in it and i like 
believe in it. You know, it's it's whatever you read into it. But for me, um, The Sopranos, all of the quote unquote supernatural stuff, it's always been in someone's head, right? So mm-hmm. for me, watching it from a more agnostic point of view, I can watch the stuff when he's. Uh, almost dead and in a coma and he's almost walking into this house and I can view all of that as symbolism within his own brain. Uh, I can view it as him sort of processing almost dying in a way that relates to his worldview and all of that stuff but his brain is still functioning and taking and we're still in his point of view. Um, This theory presupposes that Tony will still be able to experience things after he's dead. And I don't, in my worldview, that's not a possibility. And I'm very happy to watch a show where that is a possibility. I love a fantasy show, but I don't think, this, unless I'm mistaken, unless I'm misremembering, The Sopranos never really gives you that. Uh, It never says that that's a thing. It hints at it, but it doesn't go the full way or the closest they come to it is in this episode they're referring to with the psychic because the psychic kind of brings up stuff that he yeah wouldn't really know like that but yeah off the top of my head anyways that's the closest they kind of come to almost being like you know there is a a spiritual or supernatural uh element in the world but then again you know, you could, you could, you don't have to go down that road, but I'm just saying that's the closest they come to maybe confirming it. Yeah. And uh, so for me personally, I think you have to kind of come at the Sopranos with uh, a worldview that's more in line with there might be a hell or whatever in order to believe that. Cause I don't think the show does enough to show that. Um, and that could be, maybe, maybe that's not something one actively believes in, but like just from, you know, cultural background and everything, that that's the sort of thinking you have. For me personally, I feel like it goes against the cut to black at the end. Uh, yes. The cut to black at the end being like, when it's over, it's over. That's what they talk about in that season. That's what he and Bobby says and that they repeat. What It's just black. There's nothing after it. So the idea that he's in hell and replaying it or whatever, it kind of feels like it goes against the general point about what death is. So that's why I don't really subscribe to this one. I agree. I agree with the the cut to black negates that because that is basically, yeah, it's just that's it. Dead and gone. Nothing mm-hmm. else. Yeah. Yep. Um, so uh, another postscript from, from Leah here. Um, you also talk about the possibility of Polly flipping and going out to Butchie's crew uh, because of the scissors, which is a plausible theory. Uh, I hadn't heard that before, but I'd like to bring up in season four, episode 12, uh, Eloise, Polly kills Min because of all the money she has hidden uh, under a mattress. And she stares, uh, sorry, and she stares at dinner. Stated? Yeah. She stated, it must have been what oh, uh, states, yeah, okay. she meant. Um, she, uh, she stated at dinner that her husband was in the barber cutlery business. So that's where I think Polly has the barber scissors and he just held on to them. Because whenever Polly needs to get on Tony's good side, he can go into his bag of tricks. They always just talk about uh, guys not kicking up their full share throughout the series. And this is just an example of Polly not kicking up the barber scissors the moment he stole them, but later when he needed to, in my opinion. Uh, I think that's exactly as believable as the other barber scissors theory, I agree. to be honest. <laughs> it, it does work. I think it does still work. Although, I mean, it is funny because Polly's whole thing was he had to get that money, but it's great that he not only got that money she had in her mattress, but he, like, dug around a little. Like, what else she got in here? Ooh, these are some nice scissors, you know? <laughs> like, who knows what else he got? More yeah. tchotchkes. 
Yeah. <laughs> so uh, another email here. I think this might be the last one for, for the episode. It's from uh, Teria, who writes, Hi, guys. I recently discovered your podcast while rewatching The Sopranos for the second time. I love Cut to Black and just finished listening to all of it. My boyfriend says you guys are annoying, but what does he know? <laughs> yeah, what, what does yeah, he know? Yeah, you tell him. Why does he think we're <laughs> annoying? That, bub- that bums me out. <laughs> Ask him which one is a blowhard douche, all right? We need to get your boyfriend's opinion on this. And leave it in a review, please. Um, I immediately started rewatching from episode one once I was done. That's fun, yeah. That's what we did uh, as well. And a great time for a rewatch, as we said, what with the current uh, geopolitical pandemic climate. Um, since then, I have not been able to find a show that is as amazing. I decided to start Westworld since you guys also had a podcast on that. So far, so good, but obviously it doesn't fill the void uh, of my beloved Sopranos family. Something I've noticed while listening to Cut to Black and Westworld theories is that Jim, I believe, is always referencing the <laughs> show that must not be named. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's driving me crazy not knowing what show this is. Maybe you have named it and I just missed it, but either way, I gotta know. Please enlighten me. So, Jim, uh, will we re- reveal this? Is it a Voldemort-based show? Or is there a different reason that the show mustn't be named? You, you know why I'm going... Like, part of me wants to be like, you'll never know. But <laughs> I really love that... Uh, is it Teria? Is that her name? Um, yeah. I really love that she's doing what we would wish people would do, is that she really liked our Sopranos show and is checking out our other shows. So I really appreciate that. I think that's super cool. Even though your boyfriend thinks we're annoying and you went and checked out our <laughs> Westworld show, I will point out, and I hope you don't like this show. Maybe you're a fan of this show. It's okay if you are, but to us, the show which must not be named is Mr. Robot, which we did try yep. to do a dis- <laughs> We tried to do a discussion on it. We have, if you go back into our archives, I think we did what? First two seasons? We did the first two seasons, and we did them in, in quite a lot of detail. And I was never on board, I'll say that. But, yeah. Jim, you, you eventually turned on it as well. <laughs> yeah, and we just yeah, ended up... Yeah, no, it, Mr. Robot was a rough ride. Yeah, we ended up just not having a great experience because, obviously, if you're doing a podcast or if people are seeking out a podcast for a show, they don't want to hear someone complaining about a show they don't like. And so we realized we had yeah. to stop. Now... I don't know. Maybe that show turned itself around and maybe it I know it finished this year or this past year or something. And part of me does want to go back and watch it and maybe it came out good. But even though there's a lot of stuff, I think even you liked about it, but there's definitely a lot of stuff I liked about it. It just yeah. it became a little bit too frustrating and just not for us. So we had to move on and it turned into, we did learn a very valuable lesson is that like, okay, we should be focused on shows that we enjoy because no one <laughs> wants to hear someone complain episode after episode that they're not enjoying something. So it became the show that must not be named. Well, the problem with that is as well that when we're doing shows that aren't The Sopranos, we don't really know uh, yes. what it's going to be before we start. And if we're current and we're on it and we're discussing a new show, uh, it also happened with Legion. It's happened with other shows oh, where we're yeah. like going in depth on something. And then we're like, there's some people who really love it, who are seeking out a podcast where they love it. And we're just being as critical as we would be of The Sopranos. Like the bar is so fucking high. Uh, so they're like, why the fuck are these two guys just meeting up to complain? And I, we don't enjoy doing that really either. Um, so yeah, that's... Mr. Robot, I genuinely feel like in a parallel universe, if I just had a slightly different brain chemistry, like not saying I would be stupid or anything, but like I would have to watch that show from a different point of view 
and I might love it. Like there's stuff in there that you can love, but it's also very much up its own ass. And it's like all the bad stuff from Westworld and none of the good stuff in my opinion. So that's the show that mustn't be named. And I think um, the reason why it became that is because anytime we would discuss another show and we'd bring up like a negative, we would compare <laughs> We, it was always our go-to. We could always we found we were complaining about Mr. Robot when discussing other shows, and we're like, we can't keep bringing yes. this up. So it's the show that must not be named, and that is the origin. That's that's, right. that's a little bit more about us. If you're if you only listen to our cut to black uh, feed, sometimes yeah, we'll get into it on other discussions of other shows. Uh, much yep. like how you may have heard us bring up Gilmore Girls here, even though we haven't done like a full proper Gilmore Girls rewatch. I think we did the the the, the movie or the the yeah, revival. Yeah, uh, sometimes, you know, yeah. things that we like starts bleeding in, but then things we don't like also bleed into our other discussions. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like we have, we haven't done a full Gilmore Girls one, even though we talk about it all the time, basically because similar to, uh, to, to The Sopranos, now there's already been like a hugely popular one discussing Gilmore Girls, so we're kind of waiting for it to come around. We do one uh, discussing the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is by the same creator. But like, if this—and again, not to push this too hard—but if this is the only uh, one of our podcasts you've done, uh, you've listened to, we also do have a Game of Thrones one, Gilead Gazette, which is about Handmaid's Tale, Stranger Things. Uh, we actually own StrangerThingsPodcast.com, so you can just go there and you'll find our podcast. Uh, American God, like, and then there's just shows that we've discussed here and there, like American. American Gods, American Vandal, Atlanta. That's just the one starting with A. There's a whole host of them there if you go to go to the website. Um, and I but think... Yeah, Leah... I'm sorry. Oh. I was going to say, I think we need to follow through on our promise and something I've been thinking about a lot. And again, maybe if you're a big Sopranos fan, this might not interest you too much, but I'd highly recommend it, and I think we're going to get into it, is uh, Cobra Kai, because we both love yeah. that show, and for whatever reason we'd never even discuss the first season or anything. So we got to yeah. gear up for the new season, which will be starting. So I think that shows right for us to kind of discuss and get ready. Cause, and I mean, maybe if you're into Sopranos and you didn't realize Cobra Kai is actually a very great show. And I think YouTube has it up for free now. Mm. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. That one's a weird one. Cause I came back from season one and I was like, wait, why did I like this show so much? And that happens with a lot of shows when there's a gap because it is kind of cheesy, to be honest. Yes. But then you just get into it again. And by the end of season two, I was like, man, this is one of the best shows ever made. <laughs> Even though it's a... that a revival of Karate Kid would be as good as I think it is. <laughs> uh, Leah just wrapped up there. Oh, sorry. No, uh, Terrier. Just wrapped up there uh, saying, looking forward to hear your thoughts uh, when the Sopranos prequel movie comes in September. I recently Googled the cast and was happy to find that James Gandolfini's son is playing a young Tony. And Gatsana Malanga is their sign off there. Nice. So that's the last of the emails we're going to do. Thank you to everyone who sent in your thoughts there. It's, uh, like I said, really fun to hear uh, these, uh, all, like, because I listen to podcasts as well. And obviously, Sending an email is kind of a high bar for, for getting in touch these days, you know, when texting and everything is, ha, huh, these tweets and everything is the new norm. So thank you, everyone, who took the time out of their day to do that. Absolutely. Much appreciated. Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking out some of our other stuff. Thank you for giving us feedback. And, yeah, we like to keep the discussions going. Um, 
I would like to, uh, I mean, we've already talked about this, but yeah, we want to probably check in with a little Boardwalk Empire, maybe some other mafia movies, some other Gandolfini projects. So, you know, don't, don't unsubscribe. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're still here and uh, we'll still be checking in. So much appreciated. Yeah, and besides what I mentioned as well, uh, Jim has his podcast, a uh, comedy podcast at jimandthem.com, and I have awesomepedia.org as a collection of all my other projects. So if you want to check out other stuff we do that isn't discussing television, well, sometimes we do on there as well, to be honest. It kind of bleeds over. Uh, but there is those as well as showswhatyouknow.com. But besides that, Jim, I just have one more thing to say. Ooh, and um, hold on a minute. <laughs> I wasn't ready for this. I completely forgot. God damn me. Um, Oh, yeah. What's that? Don't stop believing. I like what you did. (laughs) And we're out.